Welcome to the fourth episode of the Moogatoons Rapcast. My name is Curtis Brodner. I am one of your co-hosts. Oh, dip. It's Nick Gaglio. Back at it again. And today, Nolan is missing, unfortunately, and we all miss him dearly, but we will carry on. Normally, we need three people for the game, and the album discussion is Nolan's choice. Yeah. Uh, Warren G's Regulate. Great album. Great album. Uh, but we'll get to that uh, in the next episode, and right now, we're just going to cover the news, and we're going to do a little bit of March Madness brackets. So, I look forward to that. Right off the bat with the news. Dirty soda and a styrofoam. Sorry? March Madness. Ah. I don't know what sports are. Um, big piece of news, for me at least, Death Grips have announced their new album, Year of the Snitch. That is true. And on top of the uh, Shrek Grips announcement from uh, last episode, Very this exciting. album is also going to have the uh, bassist from Tool. Just like, what? <laughs> fine player, I guess. In the past, their collaborations haven't been too impactful. Like, when they said they were collaborating with Bjork. Bjork. I, I'll take it that they're, like, collaborations with um, Nick Reinhardt from uh, the band Terramelos. He was on guitar for a lot of Jenny Death. Right. That, yeah, that was, that was pretty impactful. Yeah. I guess it, it depends. Um like with Bjork, they're really just taking samples from pre-existing Bjork songs and chopping them up, yeah. which obviously changed the sound a lot, but it's not like Bjork was recording original content for this stuff. Um, but, you know, if they, they have a bass player in there, maybe they're playing yeah. around with some original licks and, you know, some original compositions. So I was a exciting. massive, massive, massive fan of Zach Hill, the drummer, and one-third of Death Grips before I had even heard of Death Grips because he's a mm -hmm. phenomenal instrumentalist. He's part of Hella, own. right? The yeah, he's from band. Hella. He um, did a lot of work with Marnie Stern, who's a great um, math rock guitarist. Um, did a lot of work with... Um, you know the band Waves, the garage rock band? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was like... In like, oh nine, like... Nathan Williams got like super drunk and fired his band in Barcelona. And yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so uh, he called Zach Hill to finish up some tour dates, and that is the best that that band has ever been with Zach Hill on drums yeah. playing songs in four. Because holy well, shit! Didn't he record some drums for their albums too? Never released. Oh, really? Never released. That's a shame, honestly. Yeah, Zach Hill. Every good band deserves Zach Hill as oh their drummer. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's something to look forward to. Is expected because, you know, they've been making waves online. You know, as yeah. soon as Death Grips starts Death Grips is taking online. to Twitter, Death then, Grips is online. you know, things are coming out. Right, Death, Death Grips, Grips is, is online. online. That's, uh, that's the phrase that, you know, their fans have been repeating ad nauseum on their Twitter page <laughs> because, you know, it's a sign because of things. All right, so up next in the, in the news, we have uh, a little bit of controversy surrounding yes. uh, rapper Killer Mike, who is one half of Run the Jewels. Um, he did an interview with NRA TV, 
which aired the day of the March for Our Lives, um, and a lot of people felt was in pretty poor taste, especially considering Killer Mike's, uh, you know, anti-authoritarian leanings. And And progressive credentials. Kind of. Right. He was, he was like Bernie Sanders' right-hand man for for a good portion of that campaign. Right. So, Nick, do you do you know his argument surrounding guns? Um, I feel like I know a little bit of it, but you asked the question, so I assume you know more than me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I have an idea. So, Killer Mike's argument, which... Which I actually understand, I think is very fair. I think it was communicated very poorly and in this through, video. And through an awful, awful medium. Right. You know, it, this is really a case of the medium is the message here. Right. Uh, but essentially, Killer Mike talks a lot about, um, you know, the racist history of gun control. Uh, one of the first cases uh, that was put forward to limit guns was a direct result of the Black Panthers showing up armed to city council meetings and congressional meetings and stuff like that. Um, And he feels that as a black man who is at a higher risk of physical violence against him, he feels a need to be armed. um, And he takes a very libertarian approach to that. So he feels... He's also very outspoken in his community about, like, repairing African-American and police relationships. And I feel like this, this might have been like years and years back around the release of Run the Jewels 2, but you know, it was like a short documentary that I think is on YouTube about the barbershop that he started mm-hmm. and, and how that serves as like a community experience. But you know, he's also like, he's, he's very um, not afraid to show his viewpoints, especially on songs like Early, which... Yeah. Well, you know, his father was a police officer. Yeah. Um, so he has roots. He he's, has a very complicated uh, kind of political positioning in the mm-hmm. music world right now, I think, um, because he's, you know, borderline revolutionary in some yeah. of his views. Um, I mean, and I think that's a big part of his, you know, firm support of Second Amendment rights and stuff like that. But anyway, in this NRA video, and this might have been mm-hmm. editing, but... I don't think that's really an excuse because that's what you get for doing an interview with NRA NRA TV, which is a propaganda branch of a major lobbying, you know, organization. And Barron and and a major lobbying organization that saw its donations tripled in the wake of the Parkland shooting. Right. This is very much an organization that relies on fear mongering as a way of sort of control of its supporters. Right. So... Killer Mike, uh, he sounded pretty callous. You know, he said some things in jest um, about the Parkland shooting in particular, uh, which is just in really bad taste. And although this wasn't recorded the day, I don't know if he knew that it was going to be put out the day of the march, but it was it was clearly, um, it, is, it is just in, in poor taste. You know, he made a joke um, that if his kids walked out during that like high school walkout thing that the Parkland people were organizing. Um, then they'd have to walk out of his house as well. They'd kick them out. And he was obviously joking here, but you know, for a person who argues critical thinking skills and is very, you know, fuck the man, fuck the system. Um, 
you would think he would be proud of his kids uh, kind of thinking for themselves and making a political decision contrary to their parents because, you know, um, parents are the original authority, you know, as the first person to and tell us And they also us just no don't like, understand. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, it just left a bad taste in my mouth and a lot of people's mouth as well based on the backlash. And he since apologized. And, yeah. Um, you know, it happens. I think he's a pretty hot-headed person and he yeah. says some shit sometimes. I mean, there there are people that are, like, completely backing off of, like, supporting Run the Jewels now. And I don't consider myself to be one of those people. It's just, this is all just a matter of, for such a smart man, he really should have had a lot more foresight. And that's life in the spotlight. You know, yeah. I think both Killer Mike and LP aren't necessarily used to having, you know, this this much of a platform. Yeah. Right? So, they're opening for fucking Lord. You like, know, yeah, right? This is it's like, fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, they're on tour with Lord right now. And, you know, LP, back in the day, you know, there's interviews of him gay bashing, and he's since mm-hmm. come out... Um, and like pretty firmly, you know, uh, taken a stance that is pro-gay rights and he's more open-minded now. And, you know, that is indicative of hip-hop at the time when he was making music then. Not an excuse, but, you know, it's different for for an artist with more of a spotlight on. LP never got the backlash for gay bashing that a person like 50 Cent did when you know, he was saying shit about that. So anyway, mm-hmm. on to a person who is way worse than Killer Mike. Uh, R. Kelly oh. has been accused of uh, grooming a 14-year-old. She's not 14 years old anymore, but grooming her when she was 14 to be his sex pet. That's his words, not mine. God damn it. Like, God R. Kelly is like the creepiest Fucking person I can think of off the top of my head. Damn it. Did you hear about his uh, sex cult thing a few yeah, years back? Yeah, from a while ago. It just goes, it goes in waves, and we all just, we all just want to forget about it because some. Because remix to ignition, person. though. He's, I know he's an awful, awful, awful person, and I'm very much about not separating the art from the artist. It's just fucking disappointing when like R. Kelly first of all posited himself as a role model and making songs in fucking Space Jam. Right. But I mean it's, it's awful. Nothing nothing this guy does surprises me anymore. Nothing you know, this is a guy who made a song Honestly, called Age is Just a Number. I uh, he whole, yeah, album. Oh, that was an album? That, no, that was the album okay. title. Aaliyah's well, Age, fuck. Is, Age Ain't Nothing But a Number. And you know the story behind that, the R. Kelly and Aaliyah. Song. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. she also, they had a sexual relationship. She was fifteen at the time. I know, I know. Yeah, I mean, dude's clearly a pedophile. Um, he that, that's didn't get arrested after filming himself peeing on a fifteen-year-old girl. Um, he hasn't been arrested for his weird sex cult that you know he's had for years now Um, i think hip-hop in particular um is like so behind the curve exactly me too exactly um and r kelly is more 
an R&B guy, obviously, exactly. but he is a part of the hip-hop community, I would say. It's, yes, very much so. Especially in, in terms of producer, he has like two collaboration albums with Jay-Z right. back, back when like such a collaboration held like, was literally like the best of two worlds combining. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I, I... And you know, dudes like 6ix9ine are blowing up right yeah, now. He's just... accused of groping a 13 year old. Actually, not accused, convicted. Convicted, um, uh, admitted to it. Yeah, and which which just blows a hole in the whole like you know edge words like to say like innocent until proven guilty. Well, he literally he was proven, proven guilty, guilty according to the law. And I also don't think that necessarily holds up in a court of public opinion. Yeah, like yeah, okay. It's, well, that sucks. It, it just feels like reality. you know. I I I understand that like you know, making a foothold for yourself in a community where are where there are like significant roadblocks in your way is like very significant, especially when looking at the legacy of an artist. But I it's seriously time for us to burn our idols in in the hip hop yeah. community. All right. Well let's move on to something a little bit more lighthearted. Yes, <laughs> um, please and thank you. So for those who don't know, a lot of people have been making these uh, hip-hop March Madness brackets. So yes. I, think it, I believe it started out with a Kanye West bracket. Yes. Um, and since then, you know, it's, it's a great idea. It's, and I will say that I, I, uh, I hold true to my Kanye West bracket, and I have the only correct one out of anybody who's ever made one. Yes, I'm sure. It's literally how I've just been procrastinating the past few days. I haven't wanted to do work, so I've just been making brackets. Yeah. I th feel like hip hop is, you know, the perfect venue. Oh for this my kind of god! Stuff. It, people, it, it is so like people are already so competitive about this shit. Right. Cool. So the first pool that we're picking from. Yes. I'm just gonna go down the list. Money mm -hmm. trees, untitled, number eight, love, all the stars, Duckworth, the heart part four, bitch don't kill my vibe, the ways. So definitely. You know, finalists for me or things that are up there. I'd have to put Money Trees and Duckworth probably because oh. honestly, this isn't a very strong out of those two chunk. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like I would say for me the same too. I I thought that like I think people are gonna get mad because like because Duckworth is winning out over Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe. Yeah, fuck that though. Fuck those people. Duckworth <laughs> is. One of the best songs off of Dan. The best, in my opinion. It's, it's, it, just, it's definitely fair. I, it I would a, actually put uh, Triple X over it, um, right. personally. But Duckworth is a punch to the fucking face. Duckworth is it. an accomplishment in storytelling and really indicative of why Kendrick Lamar is, is the someone best. special. Yeah. Um, Bits Don't Kill My Vibe, in my opinion, is overrated <laughs> in general. I, yeah. Yeah. And maybe I'm, it's just because I've heard it so many times. It's been played to death. It's, but. it's, I say it's a proper introduction, and that's kind of where it starts and ends for me. Okay. It's, it's, um, it's a proper introduction to the world of, like, to the world of Kendrick Lamar as he's introduced on his first major label, Dr. Dre, executive produced record. Right. And I do like the hard part four, but it's kind of like a B side, right? It, yeah. It's like a no. It's not it's, even a B side. It's just it's like a side track, you know. It's his left stroke. Heads up! I'm not going to be picking many untitled tracks on here because 
It's really hard to remember what they sound. Hey, like. I'll, I'll we'll we'll go down the list. We'll we'll go yeah. down the list. So and love love is one of Kendrick Lamar's worst songs ever. Ooh, so, so I think I think love works works as a song for me, but because it works as a symbolic gesture, it works as a symbolic gesture because it's it's like. Hey, look at all! Look at all you! You you hook singing, doing your own hook rap. It's it's basically Drake. I feel like he's coming. He's still coming after Drake, and Love is just doing what Drake does and succeeding at it. Uh, Drake succeeds at doing what Drake does. Yes, that is true. God's Love plan, like nine song. weeks at number one. Okay, right now. okay. I we have to, we do have to make a decision though, and personally, I'm gonna give it to Duckworth. Duckworth hands. Okay. Ooh, that is, yeah. Duckworth. Not not hands down. They you know Money Trees. It's a fucking great great song. Oh my god! This Everything. is one of the first songs that because I was a huge hip hop snob growing yeah. up who was obsessed with like lyricism and really you know closed off in my views. But Money Trees is actually mm. a song that made me stop and think maybe rap music doesn't need to be technical to be good. Yeah, right. Because I knew Kendrick Lamar could spit. Mm-hmm. But he still saw value in having mm-hmm. what is a more like abstract, like vibey song, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that fucking song. So, all right, all right, the Duckworth. Next. The next eight uh, feel untitled number six. Untitled number six, which is like the bossa nova one that has CeeLo on it. I can't explain. Uh, Pride, PNP one point five, high power, the black or the berry. Mm-hmm. Fear mm-hmm. and ADHD. I think this is a much stronger pool. Yeah. In the case of Feel versus Untitled Six, I'm kind of leaning towards Untitled Six. Okay. I I am not remembering. Untitled I don't remember. Right now, Honestly, so. I just don't remember which one Feel is. Feel is like feels the oh, more. Oh, it's like, I feel like it didn't didn't. I feel like it didn't didn't. Um. Yeah. It's like it's like track four or five or something like that. Undamn. Yeah. Yeah. It is that. It's more like <laughs> Your impression did ring a bell for me, but yeah, yeah. no, feels it's like more one of the more low key songs. Yeah, and, uh, honestly, I, I'm not I'm not a huge feel fan, but uh, some like standouts here. Fear is like a really really good song. Um, yes, off damn. Yes, fear like that's the one where that's the one where it gets real. Right, that's and, the one where it's he, like broken in three parts. And right, and each part seven, is like a seven. It's like when he was seven years old, seventeen, twenty-seven. Such a cool concept, mm-hmm. and it's all and about. And it's the one that, and it's the one that like starts out with like the intro in reverse, which is so right? fucking dope. Uh, it like the just like the power of a head nod yeah. <laughs> in that section. You like you gotta really it's, lean into it, uh, like. Um, yeah, fuck. Fear, that's where you so realize fear's that he's up there. Yeah. Fear um, ADHD too, though. I mean, like that's a that's a tough matchup. Fear. Because I'll say it. Oh yeah, no, I, Not I, to I, cut you I, I would put fear over it. But you know, this grouping, I think Blacker the Berry, like that's a tough contender there. Mm. Um, it's, you know, that's I think one of Kendrick's most powerful songs. Um, mm-hmm. And really, the conceptual linchpin of that of the of "To Pimp a Butterfly," right? So, I think I think I actually have to give it to Black or the Berry here. Same here. Okay. Same here. Cool. Um, so, untitled for me, it's Untitled Six versus Black or the Berry, and the answer there is the Black, Black or the Berry. Berry. Yeah. So, 
those those two just to recap we got duckworth the black or the berry um oh and we have to pick between those right because that will be our top four. Oh heaven that that's that hurts but i think i'm gonna give it to the black or the berry because while duckworth is dope it's kind of contained in that you know it's it's a one-off um, that doesn't necessarily have like a really solid conceptual tie-in to the rest of the album. I think To Pimp a Butterfly is one of the best concept albums I can think of, Probably of like ever. Yeah, um, certainly in hip-hop. Yeah, and The Blacker the Berry is like a really important piece of that yeah. conceptual arc. Um, so, I don't know. That's that's personally why I'm feeling the black berry. We can we can differ Honestly, too. I think I'm going to do the same. Okay. Because it, I'm just saying it's tough. So, yeah, so far you know, we're we're in line. We'll see how if that continues right. to the end. Um All right. The next grouping of 8, Mad City, Ignorance is Bliss, Mortal Man, Chapter 6, X, How Much a Dollar Cost, mm-hmm. Swimming Pools, and Big Shot. Mm. Ooh, I'm gonna ruffle some feathers here. Uh, Mad City, Ignorance is Bliss, and Swimming Pools all jump out to me. Mortal Man too. Mortal Man's really good. Um, I'm not the biggest how much a dollar cost fan. I think it kind of hits you over the head with the point. I let, I picked how much a dollar cost. I, I'm an outlier in, I, yeah. in feeling that way. I just feel like it's a little bit of a cheesy concept. It's like. Oh, like the homeless guy was. Gone. I get it, but like <laughs> he can sell it. Yeah, yeah, he can. He can. Really like if well. anyone can, he can. Um, I just think he. Part of like storytelling, is about the story itself, right? So like, a good storyteller can make any story work. Yeah. Right, but a good storyteller telling a good story is so much more powerful, and I think Kendrick just has less um you know i mean i get it's supposed to be a parable but that kind of turns me off about it that it is a parable you know yeah personally I, right. I think i have to give this one to mad city uh, uh mad city versus mortal man or well i mean just for me just in this grouping of eight I, this... i'd pick mad city oh, okay um oh wow um because that's like that's the fucking song. I know that's the <laughs> that's song, the... <laughs> but again, that that's like such a key part of Good Kid, Mad City. Like it's literally the title track, and um, I know. Oh, it's so. I think I know Kendrick really comes into his own there. Like that's, that, true. that's not the first time in his discography, but like when I feel he really got the hang of theatrics, um, yes. which he had been doing. For a long time since before this, but it's so such a complete performance, like how he's a, yeah. imitating himself as a child um, in like the second verse, and just like mm-hmm. the anger and conviction in his voice, like Mad City. It's definitely one of my favorite Kendrick Lamar songs. I'm gonna have to give this grouping to Mortal Man. Really, it's Mortal Man for me. That just sealed the 
absolute deal for me. I, I'll, I'll say it right now, and you can attack me all you want for this, anybody listening. It took me a really, really, really long time to understand Good Kid, Mad City. And, and to really get into it. Yeah, no, um, I actually, not to cut you off, but I'm going to do that. <laughs> um, I, I had a very similar arc where I'd heard it multiple times, yeah. whether it be like in the background or even listening through all the way. Yeah. Before I was like, wait, this is like really fucking good. It took yeah. me like five or six listens. But, but the Pimp a Butterfly was like immediate. I went in with no expectations at all for it. And it blew me away every single second. And when Mortal Man came to its ending, I think the way that it works is like a three-part epic song. And the way that it concludes everything that makes To Pimp a Butterfly probably the album of the decade for me, for my money. Yeah, is... no, I, I agree. And I think To Pimp a Butterfly is the stronger album of the two. Yes. Um, I think it's just it, I'm awestruck every time I hear it so I'm, I'm giving that to Mortal Man All right. valid it's definitely a close call for me alright next grouping of eight you got Triple X Untitled number three Black Panther God Humble Ooh. Poetic Justice These Walls and Barbed Wire I already know out what of, I'm gonna go out of with all of here. these, yeah. What's what's your take? Triple X for sure. I'm gonna have I to fucking go. Fucking love that song. And I mean, like barbed wire, great song. These walls, great song. Poetic justice, great song. Humble, obviously, you know, single yeah. of the fucking year in 2017. Entitled yeah. um, Three is a great track. God sucks. Fuck that song. Oh yeah. God's really yeah. bad. For that, for the matchup of Black Panther versus God, I literally put who cares. Yeah, right? Because, like, I, I, I was not big on what the Black is, Panther is, album as anyone is, who's been listening since Ep 1. There's a, um, there's a song that I feel like that, like, just barely samples, you know what I mean? Like, it's not a sample, but it just sounds a lot like another song. Like, it's kind of like, like how people song? think How Much a Dollar Cost sounds like Pyramid Song by Radiohead. Uh, let me actually go back and hear this because now I want to like now I need to know. Um, yeah, but I I have to give it to Triple X. Um, again, it's like a very theatrical song. Uh, starting out with that plea, he Kendrick is rapping as a friend whose son was shot. Mm. Um, coming to Kendrick as if he's some sort of religious or spiritual leader asking how he turns the other cheek here because he knows that Kendrick is, you know, holds all these Christian yes. values and is huge on, you know, reducing violence and stuff. And Kendrick goes on this really mm -hmm. biting, fast-paced verse about how if someone killed his family, yeah. someone's going to fucking die, like yeah. eye for an eye. Um, I think that's actually, he literally says... Yeah, I might have to, yeah, yeah, go like eye for eye for this shit, yeah. something like that in there. Um, <sighs> fuck, so good. And then the beat change, yeah. it turns into this like really yeah. smooth, jazzy, like a fucking uh, Bono feature for whatever reason, which sounds good. But... Have you heard like the part two for that song that 
appears on uh, U2's record. Oh, no. <laughs> I've, yeah, I have no interest in listening it, to it's U2's weird. record. It's weird. <laughs> but it's literally just like... It's the same song, but with like a beat behind it. It's not a play. Okay. Yeah, that sounds bad. No disrespect to you two. No, no. I like you two, like early stuff, you two. I mean, no, no. You can. I don't want to. I want to shit on This is not rap cast talk. This is not. Hey, man. Hano is the one who went sticking his nose in Kendrick's shit, so. <laughs> um, I'm giving this one to Poetic Justice. Okay. Um, I think that the story it tells is like, you know, listening to this in high school, it's like, this was a turning point for me where I both, like, I started getting into both Kendrick and Drake simultaneously, probably because of this song is where the light bulb switched on. I was like, I was kind of a snob too in high school, but um, I feel like that that's kind of where I, like... First of all, the production on that is so, so slick. The source material for that song, Anytime, Anyplace by Janet Jackson, is like one of um, my personal favorite songs. It's just like probably the best slow jam of the 90s. And for them to like recontextualize this into a song about basically like puppy love yeah. and, and espouse it like very, very clearly and like with, like with real intent in a way that also pushes the story of the album forward, I, I think that that's uh, probably one of these standouts on uh on um on uh you know on that record word and probably if if not the best then probably like the second best single that was released from it cool so now we have to match up those last two brackets um so me that's mad city versus triple x for you that's mortal man versus poetic justice um, oh yes do you, do you know where Mortal you're going? Man. Do you all go Mortal first? Man. I, I, everything I said about Mortal Man before still stands. Right. And th that's kind of a no-brainer for me. And th this is a really tough one for me because uh -huh. I feel like Triple X and Mad City kind of fill the same niche. That like, is true. Um, they're both incredibly ang angry, um, very narrative-driven songs. They're coming from a similar place, although they're coming from the viewpoints of like a very young Kendrick Lamar versus a very mature Kendrick Lamar, and it's very interesting to put them together and realize how like how how little the viewpoint has changed in right. that scenario. And it's interesting. I'm torn. I honestly think triple x is the better song but i think i'm still going to give it to mad city yeah just for personal preference because a mad city is hyper personal yes. you know it's kendrick rapping as kendrick whereas yes. triple x kendrick is spinning a tail you know yeah um i'd say mad city is for many people it is the right. kendrick song and you know mad city like i associate the album you know, my teenage years, it, yeah. has, it has a sentimental place for me. And As with there's a, a time where that song, yeah. you know, anytime I'd get in a car with a friend, uh -huh. like, that's what was playing. So, gotta give it to Mad City. Yes. So, our first, first half, first half of the bracket. Almost done. So, we've got DNA, Fuck Your Ethnicity, ooh. Compton, Untitled Number 7, which is the one said, that levitate, 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 Loyalty featuring Rihanna. Wesley's theory, you untitled number five. Fuck. Oh. This this is like such a stacked bracket. How did they see this shit? Man? Untitled this seven is, is levitate, right? Yeah. 
Okay. Oh my god. Um, yeah, so standouts for me, DNA, Fuck Your Obviously. Ethnicity, Untitled 7, Loyalty, Wesley's Theory, and Ooh. You are all... Incredible songs. All, like, so good. Like, some of best songs. work. And that's... Yeah. But it's like five or six out of the eight. <laughs> so this is tough. Um, and Untitled 5 is... Oh, duh, it's the one that's in five, sort of. Right, so... Some, somebody said you lost your head and bled the floor. I'm thinking... I think for me it's gonna come down between Wesley's theory and you, which it makes me sad because like DNA, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but Wesley's theory is like the perfect intro track for "To Pimp a Butterfly," and it it yeah. introduces. It's like such a great starting point because it it's so packed with like context and meaning. Mm-hmm. It introduces characters that show up throughout yeah, like throughout the whole album. Um, like Uncle Sam, mm-hmm. um, and then it's like referenced constantly throughout yep. the album. Yeah. So it is like such an important piece of To Pimp a Butterfly. Um, and I also, it sounds so good. I know. You have like is George tr- Clinton from George Clinton Funkadelic on, on there. Flying Lotus is the producer. Oh. <laughs> Apparently, there's like a whole unreleased vault of like Kendrick on Flying Lotus tracks that he just hasn't put out. I know, One right? Day. Even Flyla's mad at that, that just Kendrick has control of those and is not doing <laughs> anything with them. Um, but then you, like, is, like, oh. heart-wrenching. Oh, my God. Like, that's the one where Kendrick is, like, crying. It is. It like, is, cry-rapping yeah. the whole time. It is the first, like... I'd, I'd say that that's, like, the first insane shift in tone that comes through onto Pimp a Butterfly. Maybe save, and I'm not talking about shift in tone as like the shock of going from like Wesley's theory to um, to um, to uh, for sale, you know. And that's not that's even not, a shift in tone. I know they're both just like frenetic a shift in vibe, and like anything. in your face. But the like... shift in tone from like from what was the track that came before this? Was it these walls? Yeah, it's yeah, from it's, the, these it's walls. These to you. walls into yeah. you, and the first thing you hear is in the screen like ah, like. That in and of itself is just arresting, and and to hear like the horns and piano come in over that, um, it's it's kind of for me it's the part like taking the whole song the be like the front end of it, the shift in the middle with with the hotel room, and then the last part where he's like, I still remember the first time like I listened to that album and I heard like. If this bottle could talk, and you can hear him like drinking from a glass, and right? I, it's like, oh, <laughs> and you're like, like holy I literally gas. And I was like, like, is he actually drunk? Like, it took me a while. Like, I don't think he was crying yeah. or drinking yeah, when he no, recorded that. Can do a lot but I, I, when I first heard it, I listened to it over and over again because I, I was trying to figure out, like, is he actually like fucked up on this? Like, is this? Um, but I mean, that's just a testament to. Yeah. His his, his talent, um, yeah. Ah, fuck. For me, and and you be, you yeah. references shit from not just a pimp a butterfly, but also Good Kid, Mad City, and and and, and I think ways that feels more natural than these walls, right? And Section Eighty, like mm-hmm. there there are references to I don't know. It's just, it's part of like the broader canon mm-hmm. of Kendrick Lamar, and I think for that reason, I have to give it to you. I am also going to give that to you out of that. 
And I think for me, did we talk about uh, Compton versus Untitled Seven? Because that's Compton for me. Okay, I mean, I mean, Com- sure. I, know nobody... I, I don't really. I I would give it to Untitled Seven. Compton to me is like a victory lap. I know it's like a fine like, song. It's every, that's everybody's problem with Good Kid, Mad City, and I just don't get it. It feels I think like it'd be a tighter album without Compton. Re, you think it would be a tighter album ending on Dying of Thirst? Or, yes. That, oh that's, yeah. That's the last. That's the last. Wait, song. is that no? no isn't there one that's more? the second to last. Yeah. No, this no. Um, the song where they like find God and what is that? Is that Maya Angelou on the track? That like one is outro? Sing About Me, I'm Dying of oh, Thirst. Oh, um, Hold on, I'm pulling it up. Oh, Feel. I, uh, not Feel. I know. <laughs> I'm real. I'm real. real. I'm really, really real. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it would be tighter if it ended on real. Because real is like him becoming actualized after mm-hmm. this story. And then Compton is like, hey, I made it. Um, which is like fine, but it should have been a bonus track. I don't know. I, I, everybody says that. I think it worked as a flex. I think it worked as a victory lap, and I think it. I think it works as a thematic album ending as well. All right, that's fine. And I, I think um, that it's just a fun track. Untitled Seven to me, I, I just really like that song. It's sick. <laughs> yeah, too high, I will give the beat shift. It's like cool. Like, <laughs> I like that song. <laughs> where I'm from, that shift is cool. And then when it goes into the part that was like. Uh, produced by like Swiss Beats's six-year-old son, we need to add, right? What right? he did, Untitled Two, too. The two best tracks on here are produced by a kid. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. this kid's gotta grow up so he can be the best producer. To Actually, ever live. yeah, like he he literally he literally he has all of Swiss Beats's gear and all the piano lessons from Alicia Keys, <laughs> so he's gonna be a, a yeah. fucking talented and, kid. I like his beats, like those two songs, better yeah. than like most Swiss beats beats. So, ooh, we're gonna have to talk about that on another. Yeah, rap yeah, cast. That, that, that'll come later. <laughs> right now, let's move on to the next eight. Um, um, we've got lust. I. Oh, put, did we pick DNA and you? Or if DNA and fuck your ethnicity? Yeah. Well, I for, mean, for you, for, for me, I was just no, saying the, you out of the eight. No, for the from the four. What's your two? Because mine is split between DNA and you. Oh, I, I, when I said you, I meant you meant that, you out that of the goes eight. to the that goes because I don't, I want to get too much into nitty gritty. Yeah, um, I think I think I want to put DNA for mine just because it's like looking way too much like the best parts of To Pimp a Butterfly is going to be my final four. I mean, it's <laughs> I, 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 there you go, there you go. But but um, yeah, that's that's valid. I mean, I've got my triple X pick. So yeah, I've got uh, some damn. Yeah, so so my three. But are... DNA is valid. DNA is definitely in the top three songs of damn for me. Yeah, so it would be like DNA, Duckworth, Triple X. Yes. All right. All right. Um, cool. Lust so, versus I. Let's talk. Well, let's about... let's go through all of them. Yes. Lust, I, Hood, Politics, Michael Jordan, Good Kid, uh, Poor Man's Dreams, His Vice, You Ain't Gotta Lie, and Tanny's Song, Her Evils. Um, Tammy's song is really good Michael Jordan is really good Hood Politics is really good Lust is really good Good Kid is really good A lot of good songs <sighs> I fucking love Michael Jordan though <laughs> Like it's, it's just Kendrick You know doing his best Lil Wayne impression And it's so good um, For those of you who don't know Like Kendrick like heavily mm-hmm. 
imitated Lil Wayne in his like early mixtapes, like oh, yeah. before Section 80. You ever um, seen that one interview where he talks about his worst song? Oh yeah, what is it? What's Bitch, I'm in the club. It's a song he made when he was like 18, 19 maybe. So it's literally called wait, Bitch, I'm in know the club. And it's just, a, a, it's just like a Lil Wayne song. Yeah, well he has like, yeah. the entire mixtape C4 is yeah. a Lil Wayne. It's, he raps over Lil Wayne beats and he's mm-hmm. doing a Lil Wayne impression. And Michael Jordan came off of Overly Dedicated, which mm-hmm. is a much better mixtape. And like, I actually, this is a controversial opinion, but I like Overly Dedicated more than I like Section 80 personally. Um, so yeah, everyone, if you like Kendrick Lamar, listen to Overly Dedicated. But Michael Jordan, it's like him doing a Lil Wayne impression after he's become his own rapper. And so like mm-hmm. he's he's no longer leaning on it as a crutch, but it's kind of like this last hurrah of like an ode, an homage mm-hmm. to Lil Wayne. Um, to the point where he even shouts him out on the song. Oh, Wayne told me that, and that's just how yeah. it goes. I think I'm going to pick I, but only if we're talking about the Pimp a Butterfly album version. Right. That's the single that's the version I. you should talk, talk about. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm assuming I don't need to explain the difference. Well, for those, if you're not a huge Kendrick Lamar if you, fan. If, you live in, if you've been living under a rock but somehow have access to a um, hip-hop-based <laughs> podcast. Yeah, yeah, fair. But um, I, yeah, on the album, it turns into, it's like a live performance uh-huh. that's cut off by like a fight and then the turns crowd, into yeah. a poem. It, it, yeah, it's a really cool yeah, moment. It's, it's that it, it's a moment that should have been the victory lap moment on to pimp a butterfly it's you know set up that way it's framed as a show back in compton when he like you know finished the port the portion of the poem that we had already heard so far um and it's you know instead of being victorious he 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 does what he became known for in that era. He laid down, made his politics known, and ended up with like a kind of like a back end thesis statement for like the last end of that record. You know, yeah, really, really hammering in the black excellence angle in a way that you know is, I'd say, very necessary in like the dour hopelessness of the back half of that record. Yeah. And to pimp a butterfly is such a well-realized like roller coaster of emotion. Oh, yeah. So it, it does feel very gratifying and cathartic to, you know, hear him mm-hmm. rep self-love after such an emotional journey. Um, but Michael Jordan is like a guilty pleasure of mine. <laughs> I'm like actually surprised. It's on Michael here. Jordan is like winning out for me here, but like fuck it, I love Michael Jordan. All That's right. such a fun song. All so right. so Michael bottom, Jordan for me of the bottom four, I'm gonna go with Good Kid. For me, um yeah yeah like, or ha, Timmy's song's so good, but nah, I'm gonna give it to Timmy's song. All right, I, go, I really like Timmy's song. Let's do it. But um, Michael Jordan beats that yeah. out. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and then, I'm, do I want to say that Good Kid beats I for me? Maybe. Yeah, I think Good Kid beats I. Mm, no, I, I over Good Kid. Cool. 
Um, all right, so, so the next batch we're is another down to stacked, our last sixteen. It's an it's an, and it's another stacked eight coming up. Okay, we've got we have rigor mortis versus pray for me, and then real, real versus, versus all, right. all right. Ooh, element versus untitled number two, and the art of peer pressure versus bloody waters. Untitled number two, aka get top on the phone. And uh, Nick, we just gotta speed this up because okay, I'm, yeah, I'm we're running out of time. Um, um, Rigor mortis over pray for me. That doesn't even. That's not even. Yeah, rigor mortis. Such about. a rapid fire flow. And, ah, it's, um, it's so fucking good. All right over real because all right is all right. Right. Yes. Um, uh, element over uh, element over untitled two. Kung Fu untitled Kenny two. versus Cornrow Kenny. Untitled two. So good. I fucking yeah. love that beat. Yeah. It's like really, really sinister, and yeah. I mean, so is Element, but yeah, Untitled Two. I like Untitled good. Two more as it appears on um, how he did it on the Fallon show. Yeah, you, haven't, you, seen you that. haven't seen that video where it was obviously way before Untitled Un- Unmastered came out, and it was just kind of like a Lucy. He was just throwing Lucys on like live TV for a while, which is fucking incredible. But Untitled Two. In my opinion, if the Fallon version of Untitled 2 was specified here, it would win everything because it's just a whole different song. I think, yeah, it starts with, um, basically, the song itself starts out as Untitled 8. You know, the two tears in a bucket, I'll cry for you, the blue faces. And then it Mm -hmm. just, there's like a midsection and it just drastically cuts to the end of Untitled 2. With the bitch on the shit and the reels, they come. The shit is amazing. Which oh, is like, I love that. And the that change, with, like when oh. he changes up the flow, it just becomes. And it's that with a live band, which I'm gonna go Untitled Two versus cool. Element. Just and then Art of Peer Pressure easily beats Bloody Waters. Art of oh, Peer Pressure Art is peer pressure. a standout on um, Good Kid, Mad City. All right. Uh, fuck. Okay, this so is... the top two: Rigor Mortis versus All Right. I'm going. I'm going all right because all right is all right, but I don't want to like. It's it's got to be all right, but rig- Mortis, I, I, we I can't actually discount I like Mortis Mortis for what better. it is. Like all right is the all right. All is right all is right. like actually like an important song. Yes. In like pop culture. Oh and, yeah. You know, it, it's it became, the unofficial Black Lives Matter theme song. Right. It um, it, it was everywhere. The but year as far as personal preference, reason. I think. And again, this might just be because I've heard all right over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, but. Rigor Mortis, like Rigor Mortis, is one of the first Kendrick Lamar songs I heard. I was like, "Oh, what the fuck?" Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like everybody. Oh, this guy moment. can like rap in a way uh-huh. that is not normal. Like, yep, really, really cool. And th- that fucking uh, saxophone play that. I respect. I respect your. I respect your viewpoint on that. Yeah, I'm gonna go listen to Rigor Mortis after this. I'm gonna go to All Right for that. So we um, have All Right versus Untitled 2 for me. And again, I think that I'm going to go Untitled 2 if we're, if we're taking it to the Fallon version, which I am. I'm making my own rules here. Yeah. I think I'm going to go Rigor Mortis. Um, yeah, I mean, Untitled 2, they're both, they're both yeah. really engaging yeah, like tracks that make me like go out yeah. of my fucking mind. Um, and I, they, I they like go... stimulate the same part of my brain. But rigor yeah. mortis, like just on the rapping alone, mm-hmm. and also just like how it affected my perception of Kendrick Lamar. Because yeah. at that point, 
I knew Kendrick could spit, mm-hmm. but it really is like a, a brilliant showcase of oh, his abilities. Um, um, especially to come so like just right, perfectly timed for his breakthrough. Right. And it's weird as fuck. I, I like got to respect that about it. Yeah. It's like a quirky, strange yeah. song. Um, like that's a type of beat that you would like hear Chance the Rapper over. Maybe. Uh, not even. I don't think like, Chance the Rapper has. I mean, he probably has. Like maybe like the like, skill. He doesn't have that. Like, he would. He level wouldn't go of, like, in the way that Kendrick would. What? He wouldn't go in the way that Kendrick right, would. Right. I'm just saying. I just think that beat kind of demands. Like you have to be yeah. like a really domineering rapper to yeah. make that work for you. Like you have to force. You have to force the beat to conform to like what you're spitting uh-huh. and Kendrick is perfect for that. I, yeah. I think chance is because he's so like melodic and tuneful. Yeah, like it might be, he, he, I think he benefits from more space, you yeah. know, and like space for him to like experiment and fuck around. Right. Um, yeah, it's off topic anyway. All right. <laughs> so the next we got eight. rigor mortis versus, Oh, oh no, no. We got one last versus, You have rigor mortis versus, um, well, we got to do this first. All right. So we've got yeah, Backseat, Backseat Freestyle, freestyle hold up, up, Ronald Reagan era, yeah. yeah, King's Dead, Shireen, The Recipe, and HOC. Um, do you want me to just skip through it? Do you want me to just give you the big Yeah, yeah. The big whoop? Because I, I Backseat Freestyle soon. takes it, and I think yeah. it blows every other track out of the water here. Yeah, Backseat Freestyle is unimpeachable. That's so good. It's one of those untouchable such a songs. key part of Good Kid, Mad City. Um, the recipe, I mean, it's a bonus track, so I can't put it over backseat freestyle. But it's such a, I fucking love that song. Dr. Dre beat. Yeah, the smoking and weed with you. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's fucking good. Yeah, wanted... underrated damn track. Yeah. I, I love that song. I so many people the, are like, oh, that's boring. But like, I, 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 I grew to that. My, my choice for underrated damn track is, um, what's the one that Steve Lacey produced? The Maybe I Wasn't There. Oh, yeah. That's, that's yeah. a good song. Um, uh, can we break the rules a little bit here? How so? Uh, I'm noticing now that fucking uh, Sing About Me, I'm Dying of Thirst wasn't on this list at all. Whoa. Which is like a fucking what? travesty. What? So yeah, replace that with I, anything I, here. I'm saying Sing About Me, I'm Dying of Fr- Thirst beats backseat freestyle, and I'm giving it to something that's not on this list. <laughs> you can do whatever, but yeah. that's just yeah. me, because that needs to be here. So Yeah. Okay. So... Okay. Are we going down the, the middle? So now we've got Rigor Mortis versus Sing About Me for me. I have Untitled 2 versus Backseat Freestyle. And I'm giving it to Sing About Me. I'm, I'm giving it to Backseat Freestyle. Okay. And then, okay, so we're at the top four. So for me, I have uh, The right. Black or the Berry yes. versus Triple X. Uh huh. I have. Uh, oh, Michael Jordan, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, no, yeah. you. Michael yeah. Jordan versus you, and I'm giving it to you. Oh, uh, oh right. Never. Uh, right. I had DNA versus I, and I, I'm going with I. Okay. So, you versus um, sing about me. All right. So let's do the left side first. Let's hear it. Blacker the berry. Six and a half. 
versus Mortal Man. If the government want me dead, pack cocaine in my car, would you judge me a drug head or see me as Kayla Ma? Or question my character and degrade me on every block? Want you to love me like Nelson? Want you to hug me like Nelson? I freed you for being a slave in your mind. You're very welcome. You tell me my song is more than a song. It's surely a blessing. But a prophet ain't a prophet till he asks you this question. I already started my spiel, but I'm, I'm going to continue it. This is really tough for me because these are two very, very important parts of the narrative arc of the record. This is sort of like the end of Act 2, start of Act 3 versus the very end of the record. I'm going to give it to Mortal Man because I just think that it's more impactful for me. And I mm. think it stands as on its own as its own song and outro piece better. And I just like it more. Cool. I, I, I mean, ultimately, I, it's, it's that's not a what song that I can with. listen to like any day. I have to be really in the mood to listen to it. But every time I listen to it, it really hits that like sweet spot. I might even like well up a little bit when I hear it because it's just so fucking perfect. Yeah. And then between Black or the Barrier. <laughs> Hypocrite in 2015. Once I finish this, witnesses will convey just what I mean. I mean, it's evident that I'm irrelevant to society. That's what you're telling me. Penitentiary would only hire me. Curse me till I'm dead. Church me with your fake prophesizing that I'ma be just another slave in my head. Institutional lies, manipulation and lies. Reciprocation of freedom only live in your eyes. And triple X for me. Yesterday I got a call like from my dog, like 101. Said they killed his only son because of insufficient funds. He was sobbing, he was mobbing, way belligerent and drunk. Talking out his head, philosophing on what the Lord had done. He said, Kid, I can you pray for me? It's been a fucked up day for me. I know that you anointed, show me how to overcome. He was looking for some closure, hoping I can bring him closer to the spiritual. My spirit do no better, but I told him I can sugarcoat the answer for you. This is how I feel. If somebody killed my son, that means somebody getting killed. Tell me what. What you do for love, loyalty and passion of all the memories collected, moments you can it's never got, It's got to be a block for the bear. Yeah, that's... Like, yeah. Triple X is, like, such a great track for yeah. sure, for all the reasons I've already explained, but yes. the Black or the Berry is ultimately just more impactful. It's a more important yeah. song. It's decimating, um, too. It's, and it, it's so are, much more personal for track, Kendrick. Um, so, yeah, I have, to, I have to give it to the one that feels like it's emblematic of Kendrick himself yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I've got you. I place blame when you steal. Play shame when you steal. Feel like you ain't shit. Feel like you don't feel confidence in yourself. Breaking no marble floors. Watching anonymous strangers telling me that I'm yours. But you ain't shit. I'm convinced your tolerance nothing special. What can I blame you for? Nigga, I can name several. Situation I start with your little sister bacon. A baby aside, just a teenager. Where your patience? What was your antennas? What was the influence you speak of? You preached in front of 100,000 but never reached her. I fucking tell you, fucking fail you. You ain't no leader. I never liked you forever despite. I don't need you. The world don't need you. Don't let them deceive you. Numbers lie too. Fuck your pride too. That's for dedication. Thought money would change you. Made you more complacent. Fucking hate you. I hope you embrace it. I swear loving you is complicated. Loving you is complicated. Versus uh, Sing About Me. Everybody's a victim in my eyes When I ride, it's a murderous rhythm And outside, became pitch black A demon glued to my back Whispering, get on my got him And I ain't give a fuck That same mentality I told my brother not to duck And 
actuality is a trip How we trip off of colors I wonder if I ever discover a passion like you And recover the life that I knew As a youngin' in pajamas and thunderdons When thunder comes it rains cats and dogs Dumb niggas like me never prosper Prognosis of a problem child I'm proud and well devoted This pyro shit been in me forever So forever I'ma push it wherever, whenever And I love you cause you love my brother like you did Just promise me you tell this story when you make it big And if I die before your album drop I hope And it has to be sing about me for me because as like mm-hmm. wrenching, gut wrenching as you yeah. is, sing about me is like this like epic poem. <laughs> it's like so yeah. fucking long. Um, yeah, it's so personal. It is the most important piece of uh, Good Kid, Mad City. Yeah, um, because it, it's like the climax yeah. of the album. Yeah. Um, and it's it's so personal. He just dumps so much stuff. And then when he's mm-hmm. rapping as, as his friend. sister who got pregnant. Uh-huh. Um, and like that ending when he's talking about like I'll never fade away. And he just mm-hmm. keeps rapping as his voice like fades mm-hmm. out and it just like disappears. I'll probably live longer than you and never fade away. I'll never fade away. I'll never fade away. I know my fate and I'm on the ground for this cake. I'ma get it or die trying. I'm eyeing every male gender with intentions of buying you lying to these motherfuckers talking about you can help them with my story. Like, yeah, no, that song gets me like fucking emotional. Yeah. And it's, Espe- it's for like me, one of the for best me the moment. I, I know songs. everybody can say this, but it's like, if I die before your album drop. Oh my God. It's uh, like, yeah. It's, it's just like, it's such a grief stricken song. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also just like a testament to his storytelling power. Like I've mm-hmm. always said that um, like a big test of storytelling in hip hop is if you can maintain your technical level, like your mm-hmm. ability to spit um, and spit well mm-hmm. while you're telling a story, that's what makes a truly great storyteller. That's why yeah. I've always thought um, popular to common opinion that Eminem is like a pretty bad storyteller mm-hmm. in hip hop because when he starts telling stories, mm-hmm. he like loses his ability to spit. Like, would you say that he loses himself in the music? <laughs> You're off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, like Stan is a prime example of that, yeah. right? Like Stan, I, I fucking hate the song Stan. For anyone who doesn't know that, it's probably all of you. Um, <laughs> fuck that song. But uh, yeah, he it's, it just like degrades, disintegrates. But here. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's like a very technically impressive song. Like, he's spinning at such a high level for, like, a very long time. It's, like, such a dense song. So, yeah. For me, it's going to end up being Blacker the Berry versus Sing About Me, I'm Dying of Thirst. All right. I have... Uh, my back to our eye I've been dealing with depression ever since an adolescent I can never hear the blessing I can never see the message I can never take the lead I can never bother me from a negative and letting them annihilate me and it's seven and I'm moving at a new year's beat for the run into a building in my body
backseat freestyle. Damn, I feel amazing. Damn, I'm in the matrix. My mind is living on cloud nine, and this nine is never on vacation. Start up that Maserati and vroom, vroom, I'm racing. Popping pills in the lobby, and I pray they don't find her naked. And I pray you niggas is hating. Shooters go after Judas. Jesus Christ, if I live life on my knees, ain't no need to do this. Park it in front of looters. Next to that church is chicken. All you pussies is losers. All my niggas is... I don't want to talk about it anymore, so I'm just going to go backseat freestyle just because it bangs. Cool. So, and backseat freestyle is just like, even in, even in the moments where like I wasn't too keen on uh, Good Kid Mad City for whatever reason, backseat freestyle would always be the standout that's like forever bumpable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for Really more, like um, timeless track. Yeah. Like, not like, that, and you know, it's 50 that, like, years in the future yet, and we he, know it's timeless, but it feels timeless. Yeah. I feel like no, that shit, like, doesn't lose its the shine. Fact, yeah, it doesn't lose its shine in the context of its own song, because it's a great display of, like, lyrical ability and just spitting. But, it, like, in the album, he's supposed to be young and doesn't know enough yet. Like, yeah. if that's him at, like, like, 16, 17... And that's what he's trying to be. Like yeah, I remember that was the first single that dropped from Good Kid, Mad yeah. City. And uh-huh. a lot of people were, like, shitting on it because they're like, ah, oh, like, Kendrick lost his conscious, like, mm-hmm. you know, bent. Because Section 80 is such a conscious yeah. album. Yeah. Um, it's like, ah, oh, he's just rapping about, like, bucking and, like, yeah. pills and yeah. shit. Um, but... Ultimately, it's, like, so clever how it's worked in there. Exactly. It's, like, an excuse for him to yeah. spit, like, like freestyle about anything as hard as yeah. he can. And it fits perfectly because it's supposed to be him, like, being kind of a little shit, like, at 16, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. It just works. Cool. So um, what's, your, what's your number one? My winner is Mortal Man. I, th- I thought as much. Yeah. Um, and for me... I've got to give it to Sing About Sing Me about Thirst. I can't believe um, that that wasn't on here and they found room for Big Shot. Dude, there's a lot, like, the fucking Bloody Water. Um, they have both God and Love on here, both of which I hate. Um, well, yeah, well, so bad job, person yeah. who made this. Nah, I'm, I'm, no, I'm no. fucking well, around. This, I mean, this was great. Yeah, bad job <laughs> to the person who made the thing we just spent a half hour talking about. Yeah. And this was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, Totally. I wouldn't be opposed, even when it's not March, you can do some April Madness Absolutely. if we're feeling it, because this was a blast. Madness of any sort. Thank you once again for listening to the Moogatoons rap cast. If you've been listening, uh, thank you very, very much. If you're just starting to listen now because this is the most recent episode, I'm going to say, you know, go back if you want to listen, if you like the vibe between us, uh, if you want to hear Nolan speak at all. Um, you can catch us on iTunes. Subscribe there. Uh, leave a comment or a review. Uh, or uh, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you can get your podcasts at. Um, again, my name is Nick Gaglier. You can catch me on Twitter at NickLikesThings, on Instagram at I Wish Prince Was Still Alive, all one word. You can catch Curtis on Twitter at Curtis Brodner, I believe. You can find Nolan on Twitter at Nolan Slain. You can find the writing of me and Kurt at thepurchasebeat.com, T-H-E-P-U-R-C-H-A-S-E, beat.com. And uh, again, I want to thank you very, very, very much for listening and supporting, Uh, and we'll uh, catch you soon with another new one.